Sean is Obadiah, and today we are back with another episode of Music or Hideout, a show where we hang out with artists, musicians, and entertainers in normally Waylon Jennings' old basement studio, but today we are all the way across the country in uh, a good friend of ours who you've probably heard about on the podcast, if you are a listener, Co. We're in his studio. Not a listener. Oh. Here. Yeah, I don't know if you're a listener. <laughs> <laughs> Co's, uh, Co's uh, San Diego studio. And sure. as backyard. always, backyard studio? Backyard studio. Underground studio? No, no, not no. underground. Above El, ground. Above ground. Usually, studio. that's why this feels off. We're usually mm-hmm. underground. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. And as always, I am gathered here with co-host that's Ryan Poole. Probably going to come through his mic because his mic is on the table. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Such is life. Uh, and I will pass it to Ryan to introduce said guest. And tonight on a special episode of Music Girl Hideout. This is not normal. This is not what you do. <laughs> That's what I do. And I talk a little bit faster than normal, and if I just do this, it sounds as though it's a pre-planned <laughs> thing that I say with my announcer voice. And tonight, <laughs> Co Schneider. Co Schneider is a long-term friend of the show, and specifically friend me of the show. and later jury. Oh, rude. <laughs> and true. And uh, well, I've known you for, for since 2003, maybe. Uh, two. No, two. Two. Yeah, two. No, Definitely two. Summer of 2002. The summer of 2002. Whoa, okay. And now it's 2020. For the record, then. Almost. It wasn't that much later, because I first met you at the, the, the Future Quests, yeah. right? And that was only like 2000. That was after I was married. Six? No. Seven? After I was married, would have so it would have had to have been at least 2007. Wow. Wow. Right? Oh, um, maybe. Seems late. And we started a band together right here in this small <laughs> town of almost Lakeside. <laughs> yep. And uh, Co is a uh, musician. He's a bass player. He's a guitarist. And in, rec- in recent years, ever since I left San Diego, has gone into this whole internet slutting community. Is yeah. that what you call it? <laughs> internet slutting community. And, Pretty uh, much. Yeah. He is an inter- a professional internet slut, which yeah. means... <laughs> That he does all sorts of things whore. with guitars. Whore. <laughs> whore. Sorry. That's fair. That's all fair. sorts of things with guitars. All yes. sorts. All sorts. And uh, co- none oh. of them require skill and actual ability. Oh, you sell yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not playing. But, but as Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum has proved, you don't have to be able to play good to do this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I always see he posts those little things about how bad he is. Yeah. I don't think he's that bad. No, he's I'm fine. like, he's better player than me. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And but but you've helped design pedals and now recently a few guitars. And mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna get into all that. But somehow you found yourself knee deep in the guitar community. Mm-hmm. And this all sounds Only so sexual. The and guitar community. Like at this point it's deeper than knee deep. It's at least waist high at this point. Waist high. <laughs> thigh high. Thigh high. Classic thigh high. <laughs> Internet sluts. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we always like to start this uh, episode. Yeah, with the same question we always start with. Yeah. Wow. Which is, uh, well, how'd you get into music in the first place? In the first place. Okay, so I think I've told a few different versions of this story. Well, t- yep. feel free to tell us the lie <laughs> if it's better than the truth. S- spice it up a little. Okay, well, the thing, one of the things that I attribute it most to is I saw a Garth Brooks concert on TV. Oh, and right. he, it was like, it wasn't just a concert, it was like behind the scenes deal type of deal, you know? And he was explaining how before every one of his shows, and this, this was like 93, 
94, like right in that era when he's huge and mm-hmm. selling out arenas. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, before every show, I go out and I find one seat out in the audience and I try and, and I sit there and I try and think, how is this person going to feel special during the concert? And then it cut to him like flying through the air on this rope with a spotlight in his hand, like shining a light on that seat that he was sitting in. This guy is rad. (laughs) So that's kind of what one of the things that sparked me into it. Mm -hmm. From there, my uncle is a drummer, has been er ever since I've known him and used to, you know, let me beat around on his drums. And then still does. Still does, yeah. They're in the, <laughs> the corner of the right studio, there. right? We now. can see them. <laughs> so his drums currently live with me, and uh, yeah. And so I eventually kind of got around to joining my uncle's band. He so I wanted to play drums, but then in high school they had a guitar class at uh, lame at high school. So I'm like, I'll take guitar class. Yeah, I would and um, I failed. Uh, my guitar that explains a lot, Kyle. <laughs> my guitar teacher told me, "You play guitar like you're trying to play bass." So I bought a bass. <laughs> Did he make that suggestion? Who to buy bass? No. Your or is he just being a dick? He's no. just being a dick, and yeah. you're like, he was like, "Do you not see the helpful advice in your own insult?" Yeah. You're like, hey, uh, impressionable <laughs> student, uh, you suck. He uh, he got fired when the classic drug- Mr. Feeney advice. Yeah. He got fired when the drug dogs showed up and found his stash in his office. So you know, he got his. Um, he got his. Wouldn't happen. You, these were you days the one who called the cops on him? No, it wasn't me. No, it was random drug dogs. <laughs> drug dogs. Just random wandering drug the city, dogs. <laughs> looking for drugs as yeah. they do. As they do. Um, That'd be great. San Diego's wandering drug dogs. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be great. It sounds <laughs> terrifying and post-apocalyptic. Yeah, all they'd have to do is go down Greenfield. I don't know if you guys have driven down there, but the whole middle of El Cajon right now is all pot shops. Oh, is it? it? On Greenfield. Yeah. Why well, do you think they chose Greenfield? It's in the name. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. I like so, it. I wonder if that was intentional, if that was actually intentional. Yeah. Yeah? Well, and there's that whole, like, Gross, weird industrial section of Greenfield down there too. I know very little about. Oh, here it Greenfield, is. The, the geography, geography podcast. podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it begins. <laughs> yeah. So I bought a bass, and around that same time, my uncle's band, their guitar player, broke his arm, and so their bass player. That's just like that thing you do. Yeah. So the the bass <laughs> player said, "I'll play guitar, and doesn't your nephew who hangs out at our practice want to play bass?" Like, yeah, yeah, I do. How, and, how old were you at this time? This was freshman year of high school. Okay, so like 14. Yeah, 14. Right around there. Okay. And uh, so. And you were in a band with people who were significantly they, older. Um. Yeah, I mean. I the, mean, your uncle for sure. My uncle, and then the guy that was the bass player that took over guitar. He he was like in his early 20s at the time. Mm. Um, there was a couple other older guys playing like saxophone and piano and stuff. Um, but so. They had a get party gig coming up, and so bass player took over guitar, and he's like, you can play bass. I'm like, I don't know how to play bass. And he's like, any monkey can play bass. And so he taught me how to play bass by yelling out uh, notes during mm-hmm. while singing. So <laughs> I, that was my introduction to playing with another band was, here's the notes on the top string. Boom, 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 boom. They told me all the notes, and we're going to go. And they start playing, and... Singing and you know you'd be like, 
whatever. E. Like, wow. Yeah. And then started a band with my uncle. Now, since then, have you learned notes on the other strings? No. Or are you still just a top string guy? <laughs> Only to the fifth fret. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, was your uncle's band name? They didn't have a band name. Oh, classic old yeah, guy thing. They were just old guy party band. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> old guy party band. <laughs> OGPD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you and your uncle started a band, which I happen to know was called Penguin Patrol. Yes. Uh. Because the first song I ever wrote was called Penguins on Patrol. So we, sense. we named the band Penguin Patrol and did that for a number of years. And around that same time, uh, word got out that I was playing bass in a band and some kids that I picked on that lived down the road from me uh, showed up at my door one day and said, hey, we heard you play bass. You want to join our band? And I said, I don't know. I'll think about it. And then they told <laughs> me where to show up for practice and what time. And I showed up for practice, and they were there. And then, like, four or five hours later, the drummer showed up, and it was great. <laughs> Weird. I've, I've, I've known such a drummer in my time. He's way better now. <laughs> but Sorry, I had to get that yeah. dig in because it's a crucial part of yeah. that story. I forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was that drummer. Oh, yeah. and it, well, was at the time, the, it was at the drummer's house. Yeah, but at the time I was I was living at my mom's house. <laughs> I was living at my mom's house in Alpine. Yeah. It was at my dad's house in Lakeside. Geography Which is a good podcast. twenty minute drive. Twenty minute drive. A, yeah. But I was too young to drive. So right? you walked. So I <laughs> and that's why it took, took five hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I like slept in and my mom already left or something. Or maybe I didn't sleep in, but she left anyway. She yeah. like left super early in the morning. Uh-huh. So I like walked to the bus stop and then like <laughs> and went to coronado first which which was i mean the bus stop from where we lived was on alpine heights so it was super far was like, it yeah it was you lived far. in town it's not like you no, lived alpine out in hopatool alpine heights i mean it's still that's it's, a pretty far it's still like a mile or two that you have to like was walk it? or ride your bicycle or something okay and then you had to like drive to lakeside and then they dropped me off at like the mcdonald's yeah i remember that's where we to, met like, you Walk up, yeah. yeah. First time I met you, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Aww. I think they got picked me up, and then we came back, and you were already there playing bass. I remember when I first saw you, you had your shirt off, <laughs> and you had like a like a wheat thing in your mouth. See, you always say that, but that is totally uncharacteristic. Like oh, shirt off, totally characteristic. You had a thing, thing in your mouth, but he, yeah, shirt he, off. Thing in your mouth, I think like you, you know, like farmers have. Like you're a I John did. Steinbeck novel or something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he's like sitting there playing bass, playing his bass, yeah, and singing songs about the depression and <laughs> being <laughs> a great harvester. <laughs> yeah, the, <coughs> yeah. I thought you were a total hick for like a while, and then I was like, oh no, I he's was. A, he's a punk. I was a hick and still am. Proud of it, it sounds like. I, guess, I don't know. And for the <laughs> podcast listeners, he's wearing a flannel shirt and a deer hat. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I am wearing, like, kind of, like, tight black punk rock jeans, so. <clears throat> there you go. You're yeah. keeping it alive. In Vance. So you joined a band with a bunch of, with some kids you picked on. By the way, I was not one of those. Yeah, you were Did not you one pick of the on, You picked on Matt and Brandon? Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Like, how? What'd me and my friends, we used to make fun of them on the bus all the time, and. Pick on them. It was not as much me. You know, I'm a sweetheart. I'm a nice guy. But my <laughs> friends were dicks. Like, <laughs> they were bad. And I, um, they still are, I've heard. I haven't seen them in a while, but. No, yeah. I mean, your current friends. Oh, my current <laughs> friends, yeah. Um, 
But oh yeah, they used to like trip them, push them, call them names. Funny enough, Matt Tyler, one of those kids, <laughs> picked on me on a bus. Yeah, which is sort of what led to me being in the band. Yeah, weird, huh? Weird. Yeah, I wonder if he was like taking out his rage from being picked on by your friends. Possible. So ultimately, you were picking on me. <laughs> but classic man. And that and that was like the fuel for honor wounds. Eventually, was like this rage of like everybody picking on each other and not liking each other for the most part. That's true. Because as did soon get as picked on or pick on, yeah. As soon as like, as soon as Brandon left, what was the main instigator in my opinion? Like. We started dwindling as a band and not existing very well. Like that, it was that—that that was the glue. The fact that we were magnets all pushing away from each other was the glue <laughs> that kept us together, <laughs> spinning in circles. No, I've actually thought about it. Like I, I still really look back on what we did musically and everything fondly, and I think it's because we were all trying to be better than everybody else in the band at what we did. I mean, that's, I think, not, that's not a bad thing. No, I think that create and it's motivation. I mean, I think we did it out of hate, but... Hey, hatred fuels a lot of great things. But right? I think that that's what, why we all excelled and got way better at what we did during that time. Hmm. That and we were like in our late teens, early 20s, which is just like a big exponential growth time anyway. But. Yeah. I never had that perspective, but it's an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I do... Th- yeah, I kind of think the band fizzled out on account of when Brandon left, we went a different direction, and then I went a different direction and was like, I'm not going to do this as a career anymore. Yeah. And then that. So how, well, how long did it last? How long did Honor Wins last? Like eight or nine years? It's a long time. Mm, and all of its it? completion. Eight or nine years. 2002. We started in 2002. End of my freshman year. And then end of my senior year was when... We were going to go on that tour, and after the tour, so 2006, that was January 2006, oh, becoming 2007, right? Or was it January 2006? It's probably January 2006. Yeah, becoming 2006. And so anyway, that was like kind of like the turning point where we stopped taking it as seriously. Mm-hmm. So that was after four years, but we still did it for a little bit with- Like two or three more years, I think. With Josh, yeah, we got Mike Best when Matt Tyler left. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe two more. In my head, it's more like six. Okay. But either way, I could be wrong because I don't really know when we quit. It sort of fizzled at the end. Yeah, it just, like... just kind of stopped. There was like definitely a point when we all said, we're not doing this anymore. But then there was like a three-year period of us still kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, I didn't realize it was <clears throat> the end of Honor Wounds was so close to the start of Danny Marie stuff. Like, that's really close. If you're talking 2007, 2008. Danny started in 2010, right? No, it was earlier than that. Mm. The Timeline Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Danny Marie ended in 2011. Yeah, we did. And it was two years. So nine. So 2009. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I just well, assumed yeah, there was like a way bigger gap. Relatively as... Slightly older adults than we were. Yeah, mm. it's like you're li- now. It's that's like, almost no time at all. Yeah, two back years. Then, like two that years, was yeah. a quarter of my life. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. I was eight at the time. So you joined a band, and like a lot happened there. Like, a, mm-hmm. you have any cool stories from uh, those days? From uh, the Honor Wounds <laughs> days. The Honor Wounds days. Well, I know the the tour thing was a whole thing. That was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, one of the band members sold all his stuff, lost his lease on his apartment because we were supposed to go on tour. Another band member sold all his stuff that, except for what he needed to carry in his pickup truck. And and me, I just I dropped out of school. I mean, there was a couple reasons why I dropped out of school, but that was a big motivator. I also didn't want to be a music teacher. Um, okay, is that what you were going for school for? I was going to school for music and audio production, mm. and I was thinking about what am I going like. I was going for that stuff for work, thinking I'm gonna be a rock star. I thought yeah. that's what I thought. All good rock stars need a college degree. Yeah, but then like the whole <laughs> tour thing started happening, and I'm like, well, you know what? I don't really want to be a teacher anyway. And what else do you do with a freaking music degree except be a teacher? Um, so I decided, nah, I'm done doing school. Hmm. I was never going to get a degree anyway. <laughs> I I took none of the classes you were supposed to take for a degree. I just, just took all the stuff I wanted. So yeah, well that's cool. And yeah. which to be fair, that's how college should probably be anyways. <laughs> yes, I agree. Now, now the, the tour for for context. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The Last Days Tour. The Last Days Tour. A Christian X Games Warp Tour Festival. I don't know if I'm supposed to look at you or there. Like, Wherever oh, we, just, really, we just talked. We, we just talked. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's fine. It's Whatever like the number works. one rule of being on film is don't look at the camera, right? Nah. No, okay. I mean, it's like don't look directly into it like he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, just do what you want. <laughs> oh, okay, so... Mm-hmm. Christmas time, Christmas story. We yes. all know and love that, right? Christmas. Uh, huh? Christmas? Not Christmas. The Christmas story, the movie. Oh, no. It's oh, a terrible yeah, movie. movie. I it's like nonsense. It. Okay. And I don't want nobody to watch it. Okay, well, there's a scene. Um, <laughs> Jury hates almost everything that's, that's well loved. That's fine. Um, there's it's very co of me. <laughs> there's a scene where the, all the kids put on the fake teeth, you know, in the classroom. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. And they're all smiling and giggling, and the teacher makes them hand it all in. And so there's a shot of all the kids handing them in that as they and then they turn around and like in a line and there's one little girl that she hands the teeth in and then she looks straight at the camera and goes and then walks <laughs> <laughs> like she's like I'm not supposed to do this <laughs> they told us not to yeah mm-hmm. um, bitch got fired <laughs> but anyway. and I can say bitch because she's a full grown adult now right oh, you yeah, would never 100%. call it. Young child, a bitch. Absolutely not. I mean, you probably would. I'm, but I'm talking about it. She's like a 60 year old woman at this point. Yeah, you're, call, you're calling the elderly a bitch. I got it. That's <laughs> <laughs> also fine. Calling the elderly a bitch. That's definitely the name of the show, this podcast, this episode. <laughs> Should be naming your podcast all the time. Just change it. <laughs> anyway, so, so, the tour. The tour. Mm. Uh, Promise Big Things started out with a, you getting a tour bus and it's going to be a year long and we're going all over the country in South America. 56. States. Yeah, like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we all started planning our life around this. Like we went to this big meeting up in Marietta at some big Christian college up there, and like they had there was like probably a thousand people in that field for this meeting for this big tour. Like they're giving us the rundown, and um, slowly but surely, just like oh hey, you know we're still gonna do it, but it turns out we can't get the tour buses because we didn't get the donation, so everybody's gonna have vans. Like it still work, but you know we'll have vans instead yeah. of buses. Yeah, and by the way, like, they initially they said in In and Out is sponsoring it. Yeah, well, bringing In and Out and all this stuff, and it was like, whoa, In and Out's behind. That's a huge deal. In and Out's behind it. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless you're on the East Coast right now and don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you fool. In which case, sorry about your life. I mean, unless you're on the internet, you still know what In and Out is. <laughs> sure. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Everybody talks about it. It's 
I wouldn't say it's better than Five Guys. I would say you're a whore of a person if you believe that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Five Guys is trash in comparison to In-N-Out. I'm so tired of In-N-Out. Dear God. Uh, what have you become? <laughs> Jaded in California. In your old age. Yeah. <laughs> you also hate the sun and the ocean. Yeah, hey, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just slowly like, oh, well, this isn't going to happen now because of whatever. And then boom, just... A little bit by little bit, it's just all dwindling, 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 to where it's like, okay, well, we're gonna, we don't have a lot lined up, but we're still gonna kick things off. We're doing this big festival show in Las Vegas on New Year's Eve. Woo. It's gonna be great. There's gonna be motocross jumping, blah blah. Like, it's which cool. originally they told us that New Year's Eve in New York, uh, in Las Vegas, we they had been given a field, yeah, on the Strip. On the Vegas Strip, they were given a field. A field, the use of a field. Sure. Yeah. Okay. A giant field, and it was going to be like a festival, like the biggest festival you've ever seen, on the Strip. Yeah. So you're like, oh my god, you're going to have a million people there, right? Just if there was music and it's on the Vegas Strip, people are going to walk up. Now, I don't know think if, about I don't the know Vegas Strip. Fields. Remember yeah, I don't the know fields? Fields. Yeah. I don't know how <laughs> many fields on the Vegas Strip. I mean, there's uh, dirt lots adjacent to, like a two or three sure, blocks down. Sure. But and they could see, yeah. Okay. But apparently there's a field down there. Yeah. Giant yeah. It's right next to Treasure Island. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so anyway, and we were going to play in it, and so it's going to be epic, right? Yeah. So we all drove out to Las Vegas on New Year's From Eve. From our various or locations. the day before New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would have been New Year's Eve morning. Right. Yeah. New Year's Eve morning. We all drive out there. They've got however many dozens of musicians and people all in some random like uh, track home that's just empty. I, I remember there being like a couple of couches and like sleeping on the floor because there's just like people everywhere. It's the original Firefest. <laughs> <And, laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're right. Uh, and they're like, they're scrambling, like, oh, we gotta get some things together, blah blah. blah. And they're like, okay, well, I, I should say too, I don't know if you remember this part, but the few weeks coming up to the actual New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. they stopped being in contact with us. Do you remember I don't that? Remember that? Yeah, no. I remember. I was Ooh. trying to get in touch with the girl who was running it. Yeah, so you were always stopped, more in charge of that stuff. She so. stopped like answering the phone calls and like not really getting that's, back to that's me. That's a great sign. So <laughs> when we went out on New Year's Eve, we hadn't heard from her in a week or two. Yeah, and we were just taking it on faith that that was still happening because they told us it was. Go so on. we showed up at this house, and there was people there. That's good. All there for the same thing. Just bands or like anyone who like I don't was know. Putting the band I don't bands. Know. They had they had some motocross people. Yeah, skaters, like preachers, all sorts of stuff. So they they they're like, all right, we're all gonna go over to the location, which was not on the strip. It was in like Henderson. <laughs> oh, because the strip fell through. Yeah, mm, obviously. Yeah, but it was in like Henderson because there's no field on the strip, and, and it was they a realized church. That. it was a church. <laughs> it was a church and parking lot. Parking lot. Which, in all fairness. We got there, and there were motocross ramps in the parking lot. Oh, wow. There really were. Problem was, the church was locked, and there was no one there to do anything, and it was starting to rain, and it was getting really windy. So, like, all right, motocross jumps are canceled because of weather. All the music's going inside. Shoot, it's locked. We can't get a hold of anybody that belongs to this church. Oh, interesting. Now, a bunch what, of punk no, rockers like recalled... yourself should have shattered those windows and gotten in. <laughs> <laughs> Broken all the stained glass. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I recall was that the church had something else going on, and they said we couldn't go inside. No, I remember just being locked and, like, I'm down with that idea, too. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's better. But they're like, okay, well, everybody go back to the house. We'll figure something out. We're going to figure it out. 
And then a couple hours later, like, all right, we got it figured out. We got a venue. Well, meanwhile, didn't they tell us, they told us to go to the mall with all these flyers and promote it. Because like, oh, That's yeah. That's the type of thing I would have ignored. Oh. So. <laughs> it, it was supposed to get promoted this big strip event, but oh, wait, now it's moved to the church. Yeah. So mm. we need you guys to go promote. So we took flyers to the mall and passed out flyers, but then the church got canceled. Yeah. And then... And then go back, and we'll figure it out. So a couple hours later, like, we figured out we got a venue for us, and it's actually a better location because there's a movie theater and restaurants and all this stuff. And we're like, yeah. okay, cool. And we <laughs> yeah. go there, and we show up, and it's a coffee shop, yeah. <laughs> and it's open mic night. We just took no! over the open mic night. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. The audacity. The year-long like The guy tour. who's telling you must just feel so bad or have no soul. Yeah. The, the year-long tour with tour buses and everything paid for. And sponsored and by In-N-Out. Sponsored by In-N-Out turned into we we took over an open mic night in Las Vegas <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Did people show up at least? All the other bands were there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We played. <laughs> we played. Yeah. And afterwards, kids afterwards. afterwards, we said, yeah, we're done with this. And then slowly died for three years. Yeah, because, I mean, was there another date? They never did another one. Never did another. Like, no one even tried. It was just, that was it. No. Man, Every no, six months or so, I send her an email. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when's the next one? Like, yeah. we're ready. When's the next open mic night takeover? <laughs> uh, have you tried to, like, ever get in touch with anyone else who was part of this mm-mm. in any year since? A class action lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not for that. <laughs> but for just, like, figuring out the other side of the story. Like did, what like happened? was there ever a thing? Like did was there ever a real thing, or oh, did yeah. it just fell through, or well, was it like some people just putting on air? She was thinking they can get some shit together. Yes, she she was young, and she was ambitious. probably like early twenties, ambitious. Thought you know God was behind it, and had a bunch of people that got on board. And I think she probably did have in and out, like saying they would sponsor. I mean, she went to lunch there a few times. Yeah, her, her manager because she worked there probably. <laughs> <laughs> like I think they had some backing but yeah. it, not nearly enough and then they thought like the rest would happen mm. and then it slowly didn't happen and it just fell apart like it was young people trying to do something big and thinking they have it would no work, idea what they're talking it, about and then it didn't work well one thing we did forget with our intro is co what are we drinking tonight oh yeah what are we yeah. drinking tonight um well i told you that i am a fan of scotches so you picked this glen Fittich uh 12 up which is mighty tasty it's only a, one bottle, 12 as a, years. a deer to match my hat. How about that? <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, it's good. And it tastes like scotch. Yeah, it tastes like scotch. <laughs> tastes like scotch. I'm fairly new to the whole scotch drinking scene. Yeah. So I don't know really it's what's a, really a good scotch. community. <laughs> <laughs> I just know, like, I've, always, I've been drinking bourbon for years. Right. Um, so I've been trying th- recently thinking about picking up scotch. But I, I, just, encourage, I just don't know the differences really between behavior. them. Yeah. The one that we had the other day here mm-hmm. um, was way smokier than this, I feel like. Because it's uh, an Islay, or the correct pronunciation is Isla. But I think that's stupid because it looks like Islay. But it's <laughs> yeah. another language. Right. Uh, other languages pronounce things differently. Don't care. Okay. <laughs> but, so you know, the, you know the street in El Cajon? Yeah. Starts with a J. Yeah, Hamishaw. Yeah, right. You yep. mean Jamaica. Yeah, I believe you mean by your yeah by your by your logic it should be Jamaica. No, because uh, I live here. And okay, it's Hamishaw. 
Okay. Co-pronounces what he wants, how he wants, when he wants. Now, uh, looking back uh-huh. with your 2020 hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that all year long. I encourage that. Uh, what... What what did you learn from honor wounds or get out of honor wounds or bring into your life? It's now like a decade later or more. Yeah. Or more. 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 More than ten years. What 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 did that do for you? Or how is that? Cha- how did that change your life? Well, I mean, it it, Ruin your it life introduced <laughs> us. That's true. First of all, which was a good thing. Um, Still remains to be seen. <laughs> so far, seems like a good thing. Um, got me plugged Feeling in. Feeling optimistic. At, it got me plugged in at Foothills. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe there was a point where I was told, uh, you got to come to church with us or you're getting kicked out of the band. That did happen. Yes. But but not because. Not because I was just not a churchgoer. Just yeah. To, yeah. There was a very Other specific, deep, personal moment <laughs> why that made sense, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Now you guys are just It sounds like we're not getting into that on the show. No, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, sure so, all right. <laughs> nope, it's all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, <coughs> a fucking good story. It is. It's a, it's, that was a crazy time in life. Um, yeah. Spending a lot of time during that time also. I mean, we can talk about that time because there's been a few times in my life that were like pivotal, like big pivotal moments where a lot of things happen. Yeah. And that was one. Um, I had a friend named Tom that I was in Penguin Patrol with, and he actually, he lived at Ryan's house for a while, and I as did I. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he lived in your sister's room just as I did. I'll accept that. Yeah. Um, not I, b- I believe you I mean, mean my wife's room. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. I forget you guys are from the South, so sisters, <laughs> wives, it's all, it all the, same means the same thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he was going through all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he he did some stuff with Honor Wounds. Like he would go to our shows as our, like, roadie yeah. and then fall asleep. <laughs> he helped sell t-shirts he was pretty good at that yeah he was good he was at like selling outgoing. t-shirts um but he was going through a whole bunch of stuff his parents threw him in a in an insane asylum for a while and he got hit by a car on the freeway while high on some form Pop of hallucinogenic news? drug mm. um so he like me and him were going through a whole bunch of stuff at the same time and which changed a lot of directions um he's homeless now oh i am not um, but, but yeah, so that was a big pivotal moment. Sometime we'll get into the meat and potatoes of that story when it's not being recorded, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. Fair enough. Because I say so. Um, <laughs> thing I got out of honor wounds. I don't know. Met you. That's cool. Started going to foothills. That's cool. Kind of laid the foundation for music stuff for me later. Um, I'm definitely a lot nicer and work better with other musicians now than I did back then. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that question. I don't think about that. I mean, you did just give an answer. Okay. <laughs> we'll accept it. <laughs> okay, thanks. Appreciate that. It's loud. <laughs> so that was a long time ago. So that was Honor Wounds. From Honor Wounds, uh, I got picked up. So 
started going to the Foothills Church there, and they their college group had an open mic night when I first started going, and I played the open mic night. Um, I did a song, the Apple song, uh, by, sure. by Calibrato 13. And um, afterwards, one of the college group worship leaders came up and asked me if I was interested in being in the worship team. And I said, yeah, but I normally just play bass. I'm not really a guitar player. And he said, great. And so I started playing bass on the college group worship team after that. And then I played for... When was when would that have been? When, Years wise, yeah, like uh, that would have been like two thousand five. Yeah, it would have been two thousand five when I started going to Foothills. Two thousand five, two thousand six ish, and then I played on the worship team in various capacities. Still kind of do. Um, so yeah, still kind of do. Now I play cajon for the kids' church. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and uh, cajon. Me and Ryan Steckler. Has uh, anyone said that yet? All the time. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ryan Steckler do kids worship tunes because um, they're not, they usually, their typical thing is they put in a CD and have the kids dance and sing. Sure. And so we both have kids in the kids thing now. And we're like, this sucks that our kids don't have live music. Like, why don't our kids have live music? We're not doing anything. So eh, we try and do it every couple of months or so. We go in there and do that. And That's he plays cool. acoustic and sings. And I sit on the cajon and. Hammer away on it, and that's cool. Yeah, so it got me that. That's fun. And then also during that time, we start. We got in the Danny Marie band. You have told that story before, but on our podcast, I, I yes, I've heard you say, <laughs> tell that story on the podcast. Was it the episode, the story of us? Yes, jury and mine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah, that was, yeah. Very that was episode. real early on. Yeah, real early on, we were like, we don't have a guest this week. Uh, Yep. I guess we'll talk to each other mm-hmm. in a no plan. <laughs> oh, before that, before Danny Marie started, though, I started my own band called Left Coast Lights. Right. That I usually forget about um, with my uncle again and his wife at the time. And Your Uncle Tom? Yeah, my <laughs> Uncle Tom. A different Tom than the one that got hit by a car on the freeway. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one whose drum set I am currently housing. Your life is hinged on the back of Tom's. Yes, it does. Toms and Ryans. Yeah. Toms and Ryans. So, yeah, Left Coast Lights uh, started. I tore the meniscus in my right knee and had to go to physical therapy. And I was laying on the physical therapist's table, and the physical therapist was massaging my leg with oil to loosen the muscles before we did the exercises, and he asked me, what I like to do with my spare time. And I said, oh, I do music. I play bass and guitar and write songs and stuff. And he's like, oh, cool. I, I started playing guitar. What kind of music you listen to? And I listened oh, the Ramones and the Clash and just like the punk rock stuff that I was really in, heavily into at the time. And he's like, oh, I love those bands. We should start a band. And so, <laughs> As he's gently massaging, as he's massaging your- my thighs. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it went down. So we started a band. Uh, Left Coast Lights with my uncle and his wife and did that for a couple years until Danny Marie Band started and then both were happening for at the same time. So I was doing Left Coast Lights, Danny Marie Band, college uh, worship on Thursday nights, every other Saturday night for uh, main service and every Tuesday night for home group and 
then uh, it was too much because that's a lot of stuff to be doing because I was also working full time and had a wife and she told me to stop things. So <laughs> let Danny Marie Band seemed to have a lot of promise. Even though I didn't enjoy it as much, I'm like, this one looks like it's going somewhere. So I cut Left Coast Lights off, and College Group also I cut off at that time. And then I was in Danny Marie Band, which you've that's the story you've told. <clears throat> yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit. Yeah. And we'll probably have Danny Marie on at some point now. She lives in Nashville. Yeah, she lives in, lives mm-hmm. in your town now. I'm glad I, I'm on your podcast now, though, before her, even though she's local to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we flew all the way here just for this. <laughs> just to this make is the whole reason. Happen. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and then from there, what was it that made it feel like the Dana Marie Band had promise? There was more drive. There was more. Would you say? I always say the gigs were more high profile. Well, yeah. my very first gig was a two-hour set at the Del Mar Fair. Yeah. Well, technically second, because we played with stats before that, I think. Right. But that didn't know. That was like an open mic showcase yeah, thing. Yeah, it was like some, yeah. And we played some Boba boba bar thing. Oh, right, right next to Youth Ventures. Yeah. T. That's right. Um, but yeah, so we played. Well, Ryan lost my uh, mic stand. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, it's 20 bucks. <laughs> I've been loaning you my mic stand without a word for the past I know, almost two years. But I have to bring this up at least once a year for the rest of your life because I've committed to it at this point. I see. Yes. <laughs> I'll be taking my mic stand back when we get home. <laughs> um, but then, so Danny Marie Band did its thing for right about two years. Um, and then there was a whole nother series of life changes, including Ryan moving to Nashville the first time. Um, so I was not in a band, not playing worship. My best music friend moved out of town and I had all this energy to do musical things, which is where my obsession that I have now with hoarding gear and getting all the fancy things came because I couldn't do anything. So I'm like, I got to have all the things. So did you, you tried to replace a friend with gear Mm -hmm. and how's that panned out? They haven't moved to Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) Fill the hole in my heart. So success success is what you're saying. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's where the gear, like the, I mean, I've always been the type of person that like, I like, to know what my stuff is and what it does, but like having a passion for knowing about all the things, like really took over during that time because I, I had no other outlet for it until I eventually built a studio and a very small storage space and then got to start recording and playing again. But I still keep hoarding, and I have a new band called Sun Cub. I think I think I have a new band. You're not sure. Cub. I don't know. We haven't practiced in months, mm. so. That's not a great indicator. No. <laughs> it's not, not, not great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sign. Nope. Um, played one show. We have an EP out, and that's it. Oh. So how did you become the whore of the internet? True, true. The whore of the internet started. <laughs> uh, a place known for whores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, how did that start? That would have been after you left, for sure. Um, because I don't think Instagram existed then, or if it did, it was in its infancy. I don't know how it really started. I think it it was with 60 Cycle Hum guys, 
because they started their podcast and somebody's like, hey, you should listen to this cool guitar podcast since you like gear. And I started listening to it and they mentioned the band that they were in together called Your Favorite Band. I'm like, I know those guys. Wait a minute. These guys must be local to me. And this was like in their third or fourth episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I did my research and found out who they were. And then because I had this weird connection to them and they're local and my name is short and memorable and weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was on their show several times in the early years and people just started recognizing my name. And then I wanted this really nice guitar and I ordered a really nice custom built guitar just for me and started posting that on the internet that I got this cool guitar. And because people recognized my name from 60 Cycle Hum and thought that I mattered. And and I had this custom guitar. Well, matter. Matter the most. <laughs> I had this custom guitar that cost a lot of money that I went through with this whole process of ordering. People started messaging me and asking me, like, oh, what was the process like? What, you know, it's like I've always thought about it, but it's scary because you're sending them all this money. Are you ever gonna get it? Is it gonna be any good? So it turned into this thing where I was like kind of not coaching people, but telling like you know, building people up like, oh, you can do it if you really want to do it and just save your money. But you can buy a guitar. You yeah, you can, can buy a guitar. A guitar. It's you possible can, for you. You can spend a lot of money on a guitar. <laughs> and um, so that, it like, started to build my reputation as this guy. And you that, have that guitar. I do. Still. Yeah. Yes. It's not on the wall I right now. I was looking. I was like, is it there? <laughs> it doesn't live on the wall. That one lives in the case most of the time. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. It's like a Maserati of guitars. So I, I, What is it? I do keep uh, my Maserati in the case. Ah. Yeah. Um, so, <coughs> so that kind of like just got the ball rolling and the, that builder, Roni at the time, he had a podcast going, um, for guitar builders that called the Lutherist, the Lutherist. Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere on the internet anymore because oh. they stopped doing it. And I think he just let all his hosting stuff lapse. Mm-hmm. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's actually out there anywhere. Oh. Um, he, Ooh. he had talked about putting it Something all in a Google. keep in mind. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't like backup all our episodes because I'm like, they're on the freaking internet. Right. <laughs> he said he was going to put them all in a Google Drive type of thing at one point and mm-hmm. put a link out there for people if they wanted to download them all. I don't know if he ever did. Mm. I don't know. Um, but so he was called he, the Lutheran? Lutherist. And he was talking about church things? Yeah. The Lutheran? <laughs> he got that joke all the time. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> I hate how unoriginal my brain is. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> We love that about you. Um, But yeah, he talked about me on his podcast, which was primarily for guitar builders, which gave me this like leg into talking to guitar builders after already being in front of the consumer audience on 60 Cycle Hum and then being in front of the uh, builder audience through the Lutherist. Like it kind of created a reputation for me. Totally undeserving reputation. What was the reputation? Just the, the guy that knows a lot of stuff about guitars and, like, is into high-end stuff. I'm like, I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> they have one high-end guitar and, like, 30 shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a lot more high-end ones now. But, right. Uh, so it, like, created this thing. It cr- like, made me an authority is what it w- did. It made me an authority on stuff. And uh, talking to some people in that industry and the whole social media part of guitar culture and they said well you created this you didn't do it intentionally but people see you as an authority lean into it and become that authority and then i did for a while and then 
I joined the Flippin' Flippers podcast, which uh, I think hurt a little bit because flipping has a bad like reputation in the community, even though I love doing the podcast most of the time, and, there, and I don't think there's anything wrong with... Flipping gear has a bad reputation? There's certain people that do it in ways that are sketchy. Okay, like, I see. So... Because I was thinking, like, when Six Cycle Hum started, they talked a ton about buying and selling right. gear. They talked a lot yeah. about buying and selling on Craigslist. Right. And eBay and whatever, and selling it to get better gear. Um, the people that give it a bad reputation are the ones that, oh, this pedal company is going to be doing a limited release of whatever. So they they wait until midnight when it goes live and they buy all of them and then oh. put them on reverb the next day for three times the price. <clears throat> scalpers, essentially. Yeah, scalpers. scalpers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. gear scalpers. Which is, I mean, not, it's that's no way to be part of a community. That's just a way to make a buck. Right. So Which it's a different is, thing. But that yeah. is also, most people consider that flipping. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of, there's like, there's some, there's some gray areas in that world. And I mean, as far as from my perspective, I'm not good at flipping because I like to keep everything. As is evidenced by the room around us. Yeah. I like I buy things. There's been a few things recently that I've bought that were a great deal because I'm like, oh, I can flip that for sure and make, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And then mm-hmm. I get it and I'm like, I got to plug it in to make sure it works. And I play. I'm like, I'm not getting rid of this. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have a problem with it. Paul is way my co-host on the Flipping Flippers podcast. Mm-hmm. Really, not my co-host. I'm his co-host. It's his podcast. He started it. He'll probably do You're it after I co-host. die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought of that joke earlier today. I meant to say, like, tonight we have a co-guest. <laughs> then I forgot. Yeah. It's all right. right. Twenty twenty added post. Yeah. <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. No. Twenty twenty hindsight. Oh. For this year. That's. That makes less sense. Yeah, that's not the. That's not, that's how not the phrase is. though. Yeah, it's not the that's not the saying. The that's phrase not, that's not what people say. Yeah, it's hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, I know. First off, I know people say hindsight is twenty twenty, but also you can say people do say twenty twenty hindsight to mean that same thing. That is said already, but for this year, I have twenty twenty hindsight. I don't like it. I like it less now than I did before. <coughs> True, well, it makes less sense. It yeah. doesn't make less sense. Look it up. People say twenty twenty hindsight all I the mean, time. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't it. like it more because you just used it to correct me. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I Paul's way better at flipping. He flips. That's actually what he does for a living. Oh wow! Yeah, like he he just goes to thrift stores and Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and buys stuff and sells it on eBay. Wow. And back on reverb or wherever and mm-hmm. that's how he supports he's got three kids and a wife and a mortgage and all that and so he's really good at it and there he's very particular about the things he's emotionally attached to that he doesn't mm-hmm. get rid of and he sells yeah. what he has to so i'd have a hard time at that too yeah i would be like you i do whenever i buy gear for my studio i mm-hmm. do think about like the resale value and i buy everything i buy is at kind of a crazy deal yeah but I am buying it for me to use it, right? But as it pertains to studio gear, but I do, th- I do think specifically like, cool if I'm because a lot of times I'm stretching myself to be able to afford it. Yeah. But I'm like, it's okay because if I wanted to resell it, I could resell it at a profit. Yeah. But the fact is, is I don't want to resell any of it, and I hope I never have to. Yep. Yep. So if I were to do it, I could. I feel like I couldn't do studio stuff as a business. 
I feel like I would have to do well something I don't care about as much. So Paul doesn't do a lot of guitar stuff. So he sells guitar stuff like when he has to because he likes to hang on to his guitar stuff. Uh, but his like so thrift stores and the the advice that he's given me that has worked out a couple times he's like anything new in package look it up he's like don't be shy don't care if anybody's watching grab it off the if it's in the package still at a thrift Mm -hmm. store pick it up scan it because the ebay apple scan Mm -hmm. things and see how much they're selling for Mm. is that because it's worth it and so that's panned out for me a couple of times last actually last year around christmas time for nine bucks, I think it was, I got this Bluetooth headset for truckers. It was mm. new in package, and I sold it for 85 bucks on oh, eBay. Wow. wow. Yeah, so things like that. And uh, concert tees. So he said, if you, don't have, if you can't do anything else, if you're at a thrift store, if you're short on time, he's like, go to the T-shirts, go to the black shirts, like <laughs> the color black, and go through them. Because he's like, concert T-shirts, band T-shirts are always black. He's like, and they're always three or four bucks. He's like, but if they are like 94 or older, they're going to sell for at least 25 bucks. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he's like, there's obviously the ones that sell for more and are worth a lot more because of who's on them. He's like, but it doesn't matter. You're always going to make a profit on them. Hmm. And I've just told the world. <laughs> yeah. How many listeners you guys got? Regularly, uh, three thousand million. That's, I, I think we're at three thousand million and seven. Okay, now nice, so nice, nice, nice. We're getting up there. Yeah, but I mean, it's a cool thing. He does that. He buys shoes a lot. Like he says, he usually feels kind of weird because he'll go in and he'll buy a whole cart full of women's shoes. And I mean, he's like, they're obviously not my size. Like, <laughs> huh. so I've tried that before. For a couple months, I was like mm-hmm. going to re- like a state sales and yeah. garage sales and buying stuff and trying to sell it on Craigslist. And it was fine. I just didn't have a job for a couple months, and I was like, I can make money doing this. Yeah. And I did, and I made you know a few hundred dollars in a month or whatever. Yeah. And I, um, but I, what I realized is I really enjoy going to find the cool stuff and buying it. But then I have to like list it, yep. and then follow up, oh, and man. then meet people or ship it. His whole oh. ba- his whole basement mm, is the worst. is devoted to like he has shelving and everything set up. He's got storage mm-hmm. and a shipping center down there and everything. He's he's all dialed in, um, but that's how he pays for everything. That's mm-hmm. his, all of his life. So, Man. Um, I did a month or two ago. Always looking for the deals, and I found a, um, a '90s Electroharmonics Deluxe Memory Man. A delay pedal, mm. a very chorusy, vibrato-y, like mm, pitch modulates all over the place delay. Um, it was a safe one for me to buy because, and I think the guy had it listed for one fifty. It listed for one fifty. I recognized it. They sell. For-